Hello and welcome to the Celtic Women's Football Show. I am your host, Claire Wilde, um, in very fine form this well I say in very fine form I'm actually not feeling very well at all which is the reason I couldn't go to the game at the weekend um but here to bring some of the energy it's Lorenzo Pacitti. Hi Claire you're still sounding fine form I think you're not giving yourself enough credit for how you're coming across oh we were feeling down in the dumps but you were <laughs> projecting sunshine. I've, sum- I've summoned all my energy for the next 45 minutes to an hour to record this podcast and then I'll go and collapse afterwards. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um yeah, it's lovely to be here with you on this sunny spring evening as we, well, how how are you, by the way? Are you just, are you having a nicer week as I am mentally in terms of the fact that we've got a lovely weekend to look back on? Yes, it's just like we've talked about it so much. It's just like an exciting time to be a Celtic fan, a football fan, the nature of the split, the cups, semi, semi-cup finals, the cup semi-final to look forward to. Uh, and the weather's changing, so it does feel like it's like a, Fun weekend the football we just had. We've got a potential big weekend the football ahead of us. There's so much kind of going on. It just keeps you kind of mentally stimulated. And we talk about this in the winter months where like the football stops for two weeks for random international breaks. And you're like, what What yeah. am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to think about? So it's good it, to have these weeks. Yeah, there was parts of this season earlier in the year where it just felt like we, we talked about it. Like it just felt so stop-start and it was just a bit bitty. And now it just feels like... I mean, especially this week, obviously we'll talk about it, but like the football is now just relentless. It's just going to be a complete like power through to the end of the season situation. Um, And I'm sure that's how the players across the whole of the league are feeling about it as well, because everyone's in the same boat. Um, Normally do a little bit of news and stuff at the top of the show uh not a huge amount to discuss um we i was going to talk about the fact that the semi-finals are coming up at hamden but obviously we've we are in one of those so we'll talk about that at the end when we have a little preview and look towards that but um let's just get straight into it uh at the weekend we went to peters hill and beat glasgow city 4-2 lorenzo i am very delighted to be saying that sentence to you (laughs) It's happened. We've beaten City in the league at Peters Hill as well. Uh, the curse is broken. <laughs> it just uh, leading up to the game, um, my girlfriend was asking me, she's like, oh, do you expect them to win today? She's only aware of me watching Celtic as, you know, we were supposed to win every game. So she yeah. thinks when I watch football, it's like watching like a, it's like binging a TV series. <laughs> and I'm supposed to go watch them win and go home. So uh, when there's big games and big derbies and particularly the nature of the women's league where City have been the dominant force, it's like, she's like, oh, are you expecting to win comfortably today? I'm like, not, not really. Like, I'm I'm optimistic in terms of, like, what this team can do, but we don't win here, and we shouldn't really win here, and uh-huh. City are on fire. So this result in, like, a vacuum is really impressive, but in the context of the last few years, it's nuts. It's really, really impressive. Yeah, it's, we- it's a weird one, isn't it? Because, like, I'm normally quite positive, especially, like, in the lead up to big games, whether it's the men's team, the women's team. Um, Cause I just think we can do it. And I know that this is Celtic and I know that we can do it, but this fix just specifically, I was feeling really, really negative, even though intellectually, I know that we can beat them. I know that we can min- win matches on that pitch. Like it's not like we can't do it. It's just that because we never have, you're just like, ah, I just don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> it's like the, you know, we had a mental block over Rangers for a, kind of full season where they just could not no matter how dominant they were in the league 
no matter kind of the form they were in, the investment they had, these couldn't turn us over. And mm. we had the same thing in the cups. You know, these these are these mental blocks and these kind of momentum swings you go on as part of football. And we need to we look to have broken one, but we need to kind of ride the cup one again. Yeah, yeah, it comes at a really, really interesting time, which of course we'll get to. Um like I said, I wasn't able to be at the game. I was on my I was gonna say sick bed, but sick sofa, really. Um you were doing some sort of farming activity out in the countryside. Yeah, I've Glasgow said you're welcome to my eight pounds. Uh but I was yeah, my girlfriend's family are, are farmers, so it's lambing season. So I'd I'm so all had, pitching in. Yeah, obligations. <laughs> yeah, I'm on call with the I'm I don't know anything about farming, so I'm on call with the little quad bike at the bottom of the hill in case something goes wrong. But I mean I got to watch the full game in a farmhouse. Fantastic. Um, yeah, and it's interesting because normally we would be at these games, so it was quite interesting to watch one of these on TV. I can confirm that that Glasgow City air horn is as, well, maybe not as annoying, but it's still annoying when you're watching the game from home. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, we've talked about this before and we used to talk about it all the time at the start of this podcast, like what the rivalry between City and Celtic should look like and how we have a lot of respect for what City have done in the women's game and how... You know, you, there'll never be anyone like Glasgow City in terms of Scottish women's football and what they've done and how uh-huh. impressive that is. And, you know, you credit their fans for being early adopters of professional women's football and all that. But they're still our rivals and they're still annoying. And it was fun <laughs> to see them greet. And I don't like when we, when, we, when we play them and they beat us, it's really annoying. They're very annoying fans. <laughs> um, you know, we're not here to be... Nice to everyone we are, Celtic fans, and I think Glasgow City's fans kind of torture, apart from the kids who are fun. Uh, so yeah, it's nice to, nice to beat them. It's football at the end of the day. Um, and also just saying that as well, it was interesting because I was getting text messages from people who were at the game saying that they'd been told specifically. I don't know if anyone, anyone who's listening to this and has been to a game at Peters Hill... You don't normally, you buy your ticket or you show your ticket at the gate when you come through. Um, and then you kind of walk, we normally walk along to the end of the stand to where um, the change rooms and stuff are. Um, but they were being told to sit at the, the Celtic fans were all kind of corralled to the the near end. So they, they did look like this time there was, they're starting to realise that it's good to get a bit of sort of official segregation of fans, especially for a huge fixture like that. And I think that stand was full um, for yeah. the game, I think it was one of the biggest uh, attendances that they've had at Peters Hill for a Glasgow City game, which in itself is fantastic. But also, we're fans of that, aren't we? Like making sure that fans that rivalry is fostered. Yeah, there's no point. Well, it's not rugby, you know. I know it's not. There's not like a your violent rivalry between these teams or anything yet. Uh, but you know, it's, it's not <laughs> rugby. We should be separate. It's a derby, and um, uh, credit to City. You know, if they realise that for their own sake or for. I don't think they're doing it for the good of the league, you know, and agreeing with us that it needs to be a derby, but you don't want your fans to feel like they're not amongst them, like themselves. That's how yeah. you celebrate. That's how you get frustrated. That's that's the most important thing about a derby. So I really, really appreciated that when I saw it on the TV. And as far as I can tell as well from Twitter, people that were there, um, neutrals as well, that the, the atmosphere was great and it was electric and that contributes to it. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into it, but like, it was a fantastic game of football to have on the TV as an advert for the game. I know we don't sort of often, we don't really often address this, but like having a game of that quality, we'll go through the game, of course, but there was so many ups and downs. It was a roller coaster ride of a game. It kind of had everything and nice for that to 
be televised and we had the other game earlier in the day televised you know lots of big football matches and hopefully people are getting more used to seeing that and we'll keep tuning in yeah i think we've been we've had a couple of uh of derbies that have been televised that really haven't lived up to the billing and they've had that kind of intensity but if you're neutral or you're new to it you want to see good football and you want to see goals and some of the games that have been kind of hyped up and televised have kind of delivered in that intensity but not quite in the quality so for it to have everything this game storylines galore really good goals back and forth uh, and just a lot of good football for both sides I thought really fun watch yeah, it really, well, I I didn't find it fun to watch. I found it extraordinarily stressful to watch. How did you um, respond when you saw, let's go straight to the lineup and what you thought of that when it came out. In fact, let's go through it. Um, it was Pam Tachonar in goals. We had Claro Reardon. Um, I'm reading it in the order that it's listed on the SWPL website, but... Um, We'll come back to how we sort of set up. Clara Reardon, Lisa Robertson, Natalie Ross, Chloe Craig, Amy Gallagher, Jacinta, Hannah Kerner, Caitlin Hayes, Natasha Flint and Meng Lu. Um, So that you look at that straight away and you're like, right, have we got Chloe Craig back in the back three? Which turned out to be the case. Um, what were your key observations when you saw it? Yeah, I'm really happy to see Craigie back. Been kind of clamoring for her for a while. I think she just has so many little intangible skills that particularly in big games she's a potential kind of game changer even from the back three uh, so that was really exciting um, seeing Robertson and Ross's names in the middle of the park gave me so much confidence like it really I knew you'd like that I, I really think you know we'll talk about the game in general but I don't think it's a coincidence that we win the midfield battle when the two of them start you know mm-hmm. and the the biggest thing that happens when we play City is we lose the midfield. I think we consistently lose the midfield when we play City. Um, and I don't think it's a coincidence that when you have players of the experience and the quality and the consistency of Ross and Robertson in the middle of the park, that's your best chance to beat that. And obviously we're missing a left chance with that injury. And she's a player of exceptional quality who you've kind of got to fit in there. Uh, but the benefit of not having that kind of selection headache is that we were kind of left with what for me is our is our best kind of midfield duo in terms of big games yeah um I was really really happy to see that as well um obviously no Kelly Clark um essentially you've got Craigie replacing um her in the back three with Clara Ridd and moving to the middle and Caitlin Hayes taking the captain's armband which you know we've seen her do that a number of times before and that's very happy with that um I feel like you know we were talking about it and Chris was sort of saying, you know, dropping your captain. I almost feel like we've got two captains. I know that sounds, we've. Yeah. I, this isn't to disrespect either of them. I just think it's great to have that level and quality of leadership that we can have Kelly come off the bench and have someone like Caitlin, who is head and shoulders, a leader of that team. Yeah. I think there's, there's multiple, definitely, as you say, that those two leaders kind of on the park, um, I think Kelly is is the captain for everything across the club. You know, she's she's that kind of standard bearer for the women's team. She's been there for a long time. She presents herself brilliantly. She talks brilliantly. There's a reason Kelly Clark's the club captain. But I think on the park, as you say, there's there's options there, and that's really impressive for this team. And it's why we have that insane mental edge in these big games over a lot of teams. Because, I mean, Caitlin is is the prime example of a leader on the park. And you want to talk about having that mental edge and that never say die that 
you know, equaliser against Rangers <laughs> from the back to be the one scoring that is outrageous and it just sums her up. So it's it's something we can always rely on, I think, to, to lead the team, particularly if Kelly's not there. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Lou and Hannah on the on the wide uh, areas and you've got um, Amy Gallagher, Jacinta, um, and you've got Natasha Flint coming in up top, which we've talked quite a lot about and we will continue to throughout talking about this game. Um We've said it was a game with lots of drama and lots of um, good football on display. Anything else to kind of add in terms of your overall thoughts on the game as a whole before we sort of dig in a bit? Uh, I thought really close. Maybe the first time in a while against City, though, that I I felt that we've had like the better of the football, maybe not just the better of the chances. I think we played City off the park a, a wee bit at times. I think it was a really close game in general. I don't think we dominated in terms of uh, everything, but I think that we this is the kind of first time in a while against City that we've controlled a lot of the possession. We've picked them apart at times instead of just looking for these like half chances and long balls. We'd mixed up our play a wee bit, which I think threw City off. There were times where they were really expecting to see that Hayes long ball, and instead it went a little bit shorter into Gallagher with her back to goal. Um, and it meant when we did try the long balls, they really came off. Yeah. And I think that kind of unpredictability is something that uh, Fran needs to get into this team for these big games. Yeah, that's a great observation, actually, talking about Caitlin getting that ball. T- to Hannah Kerner as well, I thought that that link-up was really, really nice yeah. on that right-hand side. Um, the start, however, like the from the moment the whistle goes to start the game, I, I felt like... Glasgow City were the ones who came out of the traps and this is this the literally the first few minutes of the game um I think I looked at Chris and went oh they're not messing around <laughs> yeah it was frantic I mean in a way as much as you're right it's City that are in the ascendancy there I thought that is just it's going to be like a typical Celtic v City game I thought it was going to be City creating the better chances City dominating the ball us keeping it quite frantic and like a bit mm. mad and pulling a goal out of that and, you know, still winning it. Not necessarily made me think that we were about to get hammered or anything, but it just felt like it was going to be that game again where we kind of take a lot on the chin and, and break away when we can. Uh, so thankfully it changed from that because it was a much better watch than Celtic for. <laughs> yeah, you had like Oscarson taking a shot really early on and, you know, Chinchia and Kerner, that battle kind of established itself pretty early on, didn't it? Yeah, um, that, was a, that was, I mean, in the big Derby games in particular, men's games, women's game. You want to see like those individual battles happening over the pitch. Chinchia v Kerner was class. The pace <laughs> between the two of them, um, the kind of the way they both kind of attack the ball. They're all they're both very very aggressive. I thought that was such a such a good player, Chinchia. Yeah. And I think any game where she doesn't kind of run riot shows how you know the quality of the defender up against her. Yeah. So I thought uh, Kerner did a brilliant job against her. Yeah. Um. A lot happens. I'm just looking at my notes because the first goal comes after. 16 minutes for us um when I was going back through this game and making my notes and kind of looking back at the incidents and things I was like my timing is all over the place and that's what happens when you watch a game and you're feeling very emotional during it because time does that kind of shrink and stretch thing where you know it's really difficult because it it didn't feel like it felt like there was a long time before we scored that goal but it was only 16 minutes into the game and so much had happened before like or by the time we score that you know Pam made a couple of amazing saves but she's already yeah. made one of those before we score the goal um should we just go straight to the fact that we went one nil up really <laughs> yeah i mean it was that 
it was that long ball, but it was maybe the kind of first time, definitely the first time we'd seen it from Craig's side. Uh, and I think she finds Jacinta. It's very intentional. It's really well weighted. Jacinta often gets double teamed, much like we've seen Lou in big games. So anytime you can get Jacinta able to oh. isolate somebody, we're absolutely on it. Particularly if she's running towards the goal, uh-huh. she isolates the big. I can't remember the, what the name of the big defender is for City, but she's you know twice it's, the size of Jacinta. It was Jenna Clark that she that she got round, I think. And well, she tries to clean her out, which again, fine. You know, she's big defender. She tries to clean Jacinta out. Jacinta's just so good on the ball. She's nicks away from her, takes it to the byline, which she did a lot in the game, which uh-huh. uh, isn't like typical of Jacinta's play necessarily because it's usually Lou's job. But Lou, I think, was getting marked out of the game a bit, particularly in the first half. Um, and Jacinta hits the byline, draws in two or three defenders, and it's that typical trademark Natalie Ross run. She's always trailing at the edge of the box whenever somebody hits the byline. And the pick out from Jacinta, like between two defenders with that little stab of her foot the, the kind of intelligence the decision making is so on point um and then even so with ross it's just her composure to put it back across yeah the keeper yeah. defender is just so intelligent and bold and simple and it's such like a simple decision that people don't make in the moment um and it just subs her up i think and it was such a good goal yeah it was such a good goal the time that jacinta takes on the ball to take to take a touch, to take another touch. She, the way she's looking up and the way she's finding Natalie Ross making that run and the way that those three Glasgow City defenders are just totally caught out running to the near post and Natalie just puts it past them. Like, it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing to watch. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Jacinta's like, you know, she's the quality player on that park for me. Uh, much like uh, Chinchilla where... Defenders will mass around her if they see mm. her heading for goal. You know, it's like a big danger flashing sign. You have to go get the ball off her. Mm. And she just draws them in and she delays it. And like everything about her decision is perfectly timed. And if she waits any longer, there's three defenders or somebody will get a toe on it. If she does it too early, Ross isn't in stride. I just yeah. think the whole goal is just a, a series of really, really smart decisions. I've watched it a lot of times. Um, how important for us to go up 1-0 that early on in a game like this because it, like you said, I think we already maybe had started to discombobulate Glasgow City a bit with the way that we were playing. So then to be able to add a goal to that and for them to then be coming back and having to play against us off the back foot straight away, um, that was massive, wasn't it? Yeah, you land that glove on them, you know, at, at the ground where we don't beat them. That's so important and the frustration that Celtic put in teams by having these kind of chaotic games and, and these breakaways and these long balls that work uh, is compounded when you get an early goal because it just feels like everything's against you when you're playing Celtic. And I think Fran really thrives on that and he's so good at it. These kind of derby games where it's like, you know, no matter how much you control this ball, no matter how much possession you have, he does it so well against Rangers in particular. Mm. No matter what you do, you're just it's just not your day, you know? And he's really, really good at kind of instilling that momentum in the Celtic team in big games so the early goal is imperative to that because if we didn't get it then you know there's also another world where City's kind of quality pays off at one point you know and Chinchia breaks away from somebody and this whole idea of of being a bit open against them seems like it was the wrong decision so I think he's he deserves a lot of credit for that and they did have their chances um so yeah absolutely right and talking about those long balls the second goal comes from essentially a kind of a long ball over the head of some of the city players as well but it's a kind of it's a very different style <laughs> of goal that we get before the end of this uh, first half um 
I kind of couldn't believe my eyes when I watched what was happening. I don't know about you. <laughs> but I, I think when I watched it back a bunch of times, and again, it's brilliant from Tash and brilliant from, from Ross, and I think it's just intelligence, again, that makes us go and experience. The two of them are super experienced. Um, when you watch it back, the game almost stands still for a second. I think it's that, again, that change up from these long balls to into the feet, and Celtic have actually a bit of build-up play, which is quite rare for Celtic, you know, to build up in the middle of the park. Uh, and when it drops to Ross's feet, it seems like she has like a good second and a half, two seconds of almost like stillness and silence. And she kind of makes eyes with Tash, who times her run perfectly. Perfect ball over the top. And yeah, just a, a super smart finish chipped over Gibson. Um, that's the kind of experience and quality and decision making we thought we were getting with Tash Flint. And we said this, you know, when we've criticised her, the thing that we expected her to be signed for is that game-winning ability in big games, that person mm. who can who can create the goal out of nothing or who can take her chances if she only gets two. And I think we saw that Tash Flint, yeah. finally. Yeah. Uh, on, I think she was good in general, but I think just seeing her take chances so kind of viciously and lethally is what we've been waiting for. And that goal uh, just kind of set that tone for her, I think, in that game that this was her day, you know? Totally. I mean, she, she, there were moments where she did do a couple of things that made me kind of like have a wee question mark over what the decision-making process was, like she has in previous games. But this was, like you said, the game where, as well as that, on top of that, there were these moments where, you know, she she was able to just kind of she was ready for that ball from Natalie Ross where we kind of maybe wouldn't have seen her in maybe three or four games ago. She wasn't kind of in those positions as well as we might have wanted her to be. Um, and just, you know, the fact that the style of beating Lee Gibson like that, it was absolutely lovely. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've been waiting for it. And I think it's full credit to everyone involved. Like though, if you say this is, this is where it pays off, you know, yeah. if it's in the running and it's these big games, if she comes through, it makes everything worthwhile. Um, but we'll just finish off talking about the first half. What did you make of the City performance? You said that we were kind of um, maybe giving them a run around a little bit in terms of the inconsistency in a good way of what we were doing. Um, what did you make of their performance and some of their kind of the players that we would be expecting to look out for your Emily Whelans, your Lauren Davison's, all those t- types. What, what were you thinking about them? And did you think they've got something in the bag that is going to threaten us here? I'm, I'm always wary of Lauren Davidson, obviously because she's top scorer in the league, but she's playing on the side where, you know, we, we see Chinchia's side and we've got Kerner defending, who's always going to be up and down. You'll see Kerner kind of playing like a defender. Uh-huh. Whereas on the left, we've got Lou, who's, who doesn't play like a defender. Um, so I think Craig did a really good job keeping Lauren Davidson really quiet in the first half. She's somebody that can really take a chance. Um, they're always going to get their chances because they're a quality team. I think they made a couple of really good chances. But Pam Tahonar was in serious form again. Um, and you need everyone to perform at their best. And I think City's stars didn't take over the way they kind of need to when they're not playing at their best. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was more credit to Celtic, I think. Yeah. Um lovely to be 2-0 up um, at half time but then it's all about you've got 45 minutes and it's only two goals and it's Glasgow City and you need to hang on to that lead so I think for me I was really really wary of going into the second half and making sure that we really again asserted something so when they got their first goal pretty quickly into the second half 
um, that was a worry. And I don't know, it felt a little bit like that was, we talked about, you know, Craigie keeping Lauren Davison quiet. She didn't manage to do it um, for that goal. She, Lauren Davison found herself in acres of space, which Chloe Craig just didn't seem to be able to chase her down. And the ball comes past Clara Reardon as well, straight to the feet of Chinchia, who you're just like, hang on a second. Yeah. Who's there? <laughs> That's- I think that... The defence was a bit sixes and sevens for for that goal, kind of off the back of one really good turn, you know, to mm. turn and face the goal. And it shows the pace that City have and that when they're at their best, they are lethal because that was such a quick goal out of, you know, receiving a, a high ball just over the halfway line. To yeah. turn that into a goal in about five seconds is really impressive. Um, I think maybe the defence had bunched up a wee bit and Davidson and Chinchia had taken the risk to kind of gamble which gave Davidson a ton of space. And she picks out Chinchilla like it's nothing. It's a really good ball, but it's that pace Chinchilla has that's just meant, you know, nobody else was getting there. Davidson does really well to not just kind of dump the ball in the box, but to play a through ball that only Chinchilla can get to, and then she's got a sitter. So I thought it might even have been the best goal of the game, which says a lot. I, I thought it was such a good goal, and I was a bit like, <laughs> oh, God, is this, like, have they, have they decided to turn it on? But yeah. uh, no, I think it was just a kind of, it was a lax moment from the defence that gave them that chance, but it just shows you can't give... City are just so good that they consistently, the stars show up and win games for yeah. them. Yeah. So that was, that was a worry. I think it was that that ball to Lauren Davidson from Emily Whelan that no one was expecting her to do, the way that you said like she turns and opens up her body and puts it across to her and everyone just kind of goes, oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> and kind of panics a little bit and that, you know, doesn't manage to pull it together quick enough to stop that goal from happening. And it is a really good goal. But thank God we pull something back quickly because we just need to keep going, going, going. And like, it's so nice to see a Celtic team like this. I know that we, we've talked, it's a, it's a funny one, this Celtic team, because sometimes it can kind of, it feels like sometimes it can go either way. Like they can mm. either just like really put the burners on and go right we can do this and there's a kind of determinism a determina- determinism a determination um and a drive and an energy to go we are not letting this slip and sometimes it just looks like we fall apart and we absolutely didn't fall apart <laughs> we got another goal back and it was we did it from well it was a classic haze header from a set piece I mean, there's yeah, literally think, not much to say about it because we've seen it time and time and time again this season. I kind of felt like it had to be, you know, a set piece as the goal, as you say, that keeps the foot on the gas. Um, Celtic played that whole second half like we were drawn one each. I don't think they played the game like they were up at all. Uh, and again, in hindsight, if, if City had taken chances and we hadn't scored or blah, 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 then you could say, you know, we should maybe have sat back on that lead. But I, I think... Fran was right to gamble and the best form of defence for a Celtic team is to attack and to kind of keep playing your football. So uh, they got the, they got what they deserved. I think any time you win a corner um, in a big game and Caitlin Hayes is there, we've talked about it, it's like, it's almost 50-50. I wonder what the stats are, but it feels like it's 50-50. Um, great corner from Jazz as always. Um, delicious Glasgow City tears. Gibson wanting a foul for absolutely <laughs> nothing. Which for, you know, an international goalkeeper is really poor. Who's moaning quite a lot. Uh, Lauder being absolutely dominated by Caitlin Hayes is brilliant as well after her antics with the penalty. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed that goal. Yeah. We haven't talked. I might sort of just save the penalties till the end. (laughs) Um, Because we're on a roll talking about goals and it's all very positive. Because like, 
it's it's wild just going back through it the fact that we then score another one again so quickly after that and it's Tash Flint again who comes in from you know I think it was Suzanne Lappin on commentary who was said I was about to say how much I hate short corners and I was I'm sure there was lots of people at home I was exactly the same when that happened and I was like what you know just into putting the ball kind of back to Chloe Craig from the corner um but then getting it getting the ball back herself and again it was Jacinta who got that ball into the position it needed to be in wasn't it before Tash I mean we'll talk about Tash's strike but Jacinta again does so well yeah I think they were just kind of looking for an angle with that short corner I would hope there's I don't want to live in a world where Fran Alonso starts thinking we should take short corners when Caitlin Hayes is in the box I understand they were looking for a slightly better angle to find her uh, but yeah Jazz kind of keeps it alive just so well just hitting that byline um, she gets kind of muscled off the ball and tries to squeeze it in and it gets kind of cut out but it's now in a dangerous area and it falls to Tash who just shows some real quality to kind of ball roll onto her right foot and just put it in the roof of the net you know in a blink of an eye and it's that quality that again we've been waiting for and we got it in spades in those two goals um, to kind of it was a bit Wellingsy, you know that kind of almost it looks like a snatch but it's actually just buried you know yeah um, and that's something we've missed, I think, in a striker. Even we've had uh, Gallagher, when she was on form, would score these beautiful goals from the edge of the box, outside the box. Mm-hmm. She would be instinctive and get her foot in, you know, in the six-yard box. But that kind of driving a, driving a shot from somewhere inside the box, buried past the goalkeeper, can't do anything about it, is something we kind of missed and something that Tash Flint is what we expected from her to bring. So uh, just kind of a shock to see. I think, I think you can see it in the pitch as well and in the commentary. It just... Because it got blasted out of nowhere. It was like, is that going in? Is that actual going in? Yeah, I couldn't believe it. And I was just stood in my living room with my hands on my head going, she just scored and we're 4-1 up. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> um, the Around this time, we make our first sub and he brings Amy Gallagher off and brings Kit Leversky on. Um, what do you think the thinking was behind that? I didn't necessarily think that Amy had the best game that we've seen her have. I think there were a few slack passes and I think there was kind of, I don't know what it was that like, it feels like this is, you know, she's really rated by us as a player. I think she's great. And I, especially when she was on that form of scoring so many goals, but what do you think's going on with Amy? And do you think that was behind the switch or do you think there was something else behind it in terms of getting Kit's pace on? I think, yeah, Amy didn't have our best game. Um, but it's more, it was more obvious in the first half in particular because she was trying to do a lot. She was trying to win the game. I think when Amy, I don't know if she resigned herself to it not being quite her game or just kind of got back to basics. I think she was getting involved in really good build-up play. You know, she was receiving the ball really well. She wasn't trying to beat people. Um, I think she ended up having a pretty decent game. I think the sub makes sense because, as you say, Kit's pace is ridiculous. And when we're two goals up or whatever, or three goals up, the attack from us is going to now mostly be long balls to kind of play for territory a little bit. Uh-huh. And I mean, we saw it with the pen that we're not allowed to talk about. Uh, the <laughs> pace will just really stretch teams. And it just means that they can't ever kind of relax into like a, you know, we're attacking for the rest of the game. You're not because there's some there's somebody who's twice the pace of any of the defenders. It's going to be down your throats the whole game. Yeah. So I thought it was a really good sub and really well timed. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then they get another one back to make it 4-2, which is kind of coming up for the 70th minute, which again, because I'm a shite bag and because this is this fixture, 
at this point, I then thought, well, now I've got to watch the last 20 minutes of this game with my heart in my mouth because this is, again, kind of, I know we're two goals ahead. I know we've scored four. I know it looks like we're in control, of, not in control, but like we haven't lost it or anything. What's going on? Um, but it just, it slightly unsettled me when they scored their second goal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was kind of a, a freak going after a dangerous ball in. Um I'd be fuming if it meant anything, you know what I mean? Like, if this goal was the equaliser, I'd be like, we were all over the place. Why did nobody stop on the line? It just felt like that kind of way where players are frozen because it's such a straight... I mean, the, the way the ball loops over the defence is so strange. It's not even mm-hmm. that high. It's a weird one to read. You wouldn't really know how close you are to the goal. Um, so because it didn't cost us anything, we can call it a kind of freak goal, uh, you know, city ploughing forward. But if it had been an equaliser, I think we'd be furious with it but it's okay weirdly luxurious position to be in isn't it against (laughs) glasgow city like that's not going to happen very often um so to see out the game he brings out um taylor otto and uh kelly clark and lisa and uh, anna come off i mean he will of course have an eye on the fact as well that we've got hearts midweek and then we've got another game against them at the weekend in the cup so i'm sure he's he was desperate to be able to get to a position in this game where he could bring some fresh legs on and rest some players um i mean that that made total sense didn't it to have a couple of defensive players on at 73 minutes i think it was i like the subs in general i think you know you bring otto and kelly on for two smaller players as well just to make sure there's not going to be you know that level of set pieces you don't want them throwing bodies forward uh, and we saw that with Kelly a clearance off the line as well and Otto putting her body in the line a few times too so I think those have made sense and then Maria and Shem will run all day for you yeah. um, and are comfortable on the ball and won't make stupid decisions so them coming on again for two players that are probably a little bit smaller than them as well everything just kind of made sense I think with the subs and we were so annoyed that you know the use of subs uh, in the game against Rangers to, I think to see him use all his subs which he's allowed to do thank God that he did it um, <laughs> and use them well was really good yeah yeah I totally agree um, so it was a game we won 4-2 and yet we still missed two penalties like now that I'm actually saying like get, talking through it with you is making me my head boggle a little bit more um, Chloe Craig took a penalty at 54 minutes which was saved by Lee Gibson and Natasha took one at 77 minutes, which was saved by, what did you make of the, well, I don't know. I, we always say how consistent and how good Chloe Craig is with those penalties, but also, you know, there's always that thing of like, she's so good. One time she's, this isn't going to come off <laughs> and then it didn't. And yeah. I was like, Ew. <laughs> no, I thought, I mean, I thought both pens were clear pens. I don't understand. There's been a lot of nonsense online when I was, Flicking through that there always is Lorenzo. <laughs> Could not understand that. Um the first one's clumsy foul, you know, really daft from Chinchia against such a good player. Really bad penalty. Um, but I thought Hilly Lauder got away away with a lot of nonsense before that penalty got taken. A lot of yeah, distraction, a lot of delaying, a lot of just nonsense. Yeah. Poor refereeing. Yes. Um and then the other pen I thought Lefersky did brilliantly. Uh, mm. unreal pace defender has about six yards on her when he launches that ball up for her um, clear pen again poor pen again um, <laughs> clear lovely heights for Gibson mm. yeah yeah I mean I shouted for both of them as soon as they happened 
like there was no real question clear as day for me but um so incredible that we we got those and missed them and still came out of this with a um two goals difference um I mean, is there anything else in this game? There were so many moments, I feel like, especially because my brain is fuzz right now. Um, I might have forgotten something. Is there anything else in terms of performances or standout moments that we haven't talked about that you wanted to mention? Uh, we've mentioned that a couple of times, but just I thought Pam Tahonar was yeah. outstanding. Again, I think she's so commanding when she comes for the ball uh, and she pulls off these instinctive saves. She's just such a reliable presence to have and in big games you need your keeper to perform mm-hmm. um, so I think you know she deserves as much credit as MD for that performance yeah I think this victory was really important for us as well to just show that there aren't these kind of cursed games now that we kind of can't get through that like we've kind of broken we know that on our day we can beat any of the teams in this league in any venue um, and going into this next part of the season, the final part where it's going to be, you know, there's a lot of fixtures. There's going to be a lot of energy have to be expended. Um, I think it was just came so at the right time for us to get this victory, obviously in terms of points as well, because it, we had to win this to keep us in any kind of contention for the league, didn't we? And the fact that we still are like, it almost feels like the momentum is with us a bit now. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird that way it can kind of swing. I think the, the having the semi-final, helps you know people the league is kind of to the side and it's just like well we beat them you know very recently and that's all that matters and everything was kind of up against us in terms of pressure it was very much a, a do or die you needed three points a draw is not enough all these things that we had to step up and kind of beat the odds and the Celtic team just kind of you know from minute one we're just on it and we're we're looking for that three points there was no trepidation there wasn't uh sit back and try and catch them there was let's go play football and let's go beat them yeah um could i trouble you to pick me a player of the match i had a few candidates i thought everyone was great i don't think there was really a weak link in the team um i thought that as well i when i was thinking about this question i thought i mean this was absolutely a really strong team performance if you ever saw one yeah I, my, my instinct was Natalie Ross at first just for that kind of tone setting performance in the first half um, and then Tash deserves her flowers and so does Tahana but I'm going to be really boring again and say Jacinta I just think she's I was going to say I was hoping you wouldn't pick Jacinta so that for once I could pick Jacinta <laughs> you can't you stop asking me first because I'll just pick Jacinta I just think she is exceptional right now I think she is on fire I do not see her at Celtic next season I think there's got to come a point where you know, teams in bigger leagues than us and the Australian national team starts to think we should have a look at her. Um, so we need to enjoy it. her while we've got her is what you're saying? I think so. Okay, okay. But I thought she was outstanding at the weekend. Um, we've got Hearts Away tomorrow. We're recording this on Tuesday. We'll be releasing it on the Wednesday. So on Wednesday night, we're playing Hearts at the Orium. Um, it has been a tough fixture for us or for other teams in the league. But I think at this point, you know, we're kind of flying. I, I don't want to be complacent, but we, we beat them 5-1 last time. We beat them 2-1 last time in the league. Um, this is, again, a game that the only thing is that they will be much more rested than we will. <laughs> yeah, I think just you can't you can't swing your way back into the title race to go be complacent away to hearts. You know, they're too organised. They're too well-drilled. 
They are not at our level. I think we need to remember that and go out and play football and beat them. But if there's trepidation, if there's complacency, if players start second-guessing themselves, hearts will take points off us. And to go out of the title race by not getting beat by one of the, mm. the other big three would be devastating. And it's, you know, something that's put us out of title race before. It's dropping points for no reason to teams we really should be hammering. So I'd like to see us go out and... Four for Farmington, we're looking at you. Oh my God. I'd like to see us <laughs> go out and, and, and dominate. Um, you know, we're the team with something to play for. We've also got a Champions League spot to chase. Rangers are right up behind us. Uh, and Rangers, you know, Rangers could turn over Glasgow City twice as well, which is what we need to kind of hope for to win the league. But at the same time, we, we can't suddenly drop into third. No. Um, so there's so much riding in every game. And I do trust that, that Fran will have this team pumped up for it. But, you know, we've had a big win before and gone into the midweek and, and dropped, you know, a, a one each or whatever against, I can't remember who it was earlier in the season. But, you know, you look back on these results and you just want to cry so (laughs) I'm sure it won't happen again I'm going to be feeling very positive the other thing obviously that's happening um tomorrow night Wednesday night is that Glasgow City and Rangers play each other so that's like the drama continues it's just there's just never a dull moment in the league at this point and then we go and play Glasgow City next weekend at Hamden in the semi-final of the Scottish Cup so like they they've if we've got a tough week Glasgow City in approaching that game have got an absolutely massive week ahead of them haven't they if Glasgow City get beat by Rangers tomorrow Wednesday night which is the hope for us um I think we need them to drop all three points right now uh to go in a semi-final at Hamden off the back of a defeat to both the other Glasgow clubs they've got to be you know a little bit on a shaky peg mentally and Celtic are the best team to go and take advantage of somebody being a bit lacking mentally. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of that game, it's a whole... Obviously, we've just played them. Um, so there'll, there'll be a kind of sense, I guess, amongst the players. Well, first of all, do you think he's going to put out... Is he going to make significant rest for some of the players on Wednesday against Hearts? Or who do you expect to not play, play, what What are your kind of feelings uh, on that? I think it's one of those, I'd, I'd, you'd leave it up to the coaching staff for just who's fit. I don't think there should be any kind of rotation based on, you know, the starters need to sit. If they don't need to sit, they shouldn't sit. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it's all about momentum. It's the end of the season, it's the home stretch. They should be kind of flying on adrenaline. Cool. Um, yeah. I would trust Fran and the coaching staff to decide who really needs a rest and you'll give them it. Um so there's not really anything I could pick out as I would expect a rest or like that we can see, you know, flagging I mean, at all. I think the players look in good shape. So uh, I would hope that whatever start 11 we get is just the cause of that. It's who they've decided physically needs a rest most. Yeah. Um, and then obviously doing the game against Glasgow City again the weekend after, but in a wholly different environment, um, much different in terms of the pitch, in terms of the atmosphere, in terms of what is at stake. Do you expect to see a game that's similar to the one we saw this weekend? Or do you think because of all those different factors, we might have Liv Chance back in the mix, depending on we don't know. We're waiting to see what the news is on her injury, for example. Um, But I think it will be a different game. It's just such a different environment um, in every every aspect, particularly the pitch. You know, we're talking about the Glasgow City pitch being so narrow how difficult that is to play on particularly for us um, 
you know, now the advantages at our side in terms of the bigger pitch. We play very, very wide. City play almost all their City play all their home games anyway on a very narrow pitch. This is alien to them. Uh, I do think it'll be really open. I think there'll be lots of goals. I think it'll be quite a roller coaster and quite dramatic. Um, but I do think we'll come out on top. I'm very excited about it. Um, it's not going to be streamed anywhere, I don't think, apart from the social media channels. Um, but you can still get tickets uh, if you go to the Celtic FC Women Twitter website. There are links there. I'm not sure. I think there's a cutoff on when they can be sent out yeah. in the post, but I think you can still get tickets and pick them up on the day. Um, and, I mean, watching Celtic at Hamden, Lorenzo? <laughs> Yeah, without you know having to scramble for a ticket, you can go buy one. You get to see Celtic at Hamden. <laughs> yeah. So and you know, I th- I think with the the weather looks like it's going to be great. I think there's an absolute guarantee this game is ridiculous. Like I think the games <laughs> that we've seen between these two teams, the one we just saw at the weekend, the big pitch, the big the big occasion. I think you know I don't want to say Celtic will concede a bunch of goals, but I think both teams will. I think it will be insane. I think if you're you know, dithering about whether to get along or not, I think this game will be really crazy. Yeah, I, I think it is. Um, but I, I'd like to think we will come out on top. Um, having won against Hearts, of course, uh, midweek, which would be lovely. Um, and the campaign continues. I'm just about flagging, running out of energy. But thank you very much, Lorenzo, for joining me to recap what was an extraordinarily entertaining game of football on Sunday. <laughs> Pleasure as always. Um, I will see you at the weekend for the semi-final. Uh, look forward to seeing people there if they're coming along as well. This has been the Celtic Women's Football Show. I've been Claire Wilde. He's been Lorenzo Pacitti, and we will speak to you very soon. Mm-hmm.